I would work with people, bringing them into the studio, helping them craft their own message of why they did business the way they did, which people were, you know, their ideal customers and what you would have to offer them. And that's really where the five main questions come from that determine a great brand or five questions every great brand must answer. And it's what sets you apart? Who do you serve? How do you serve them? What qualifies you to serve them? And how does it make their life better? It all begins by understanding the mind. I want to be happy now. I don't care about the future. I want to be happy right now. You are not alone. You are never, ever, ever alone in this. It's helped my voice grow and given me freedom to be creative on my own. I'm Christina Barcy. Welcome to Be Bold Begin, a podcast dedicated to you, the creative, the healer, and the innovator. The topics and conversations we have here are designed to help you discover what might be getting in your way and offer you tools, techniques, and guidance to move through them. I live in the imposter's body more than I live in my own body. I don't have to feel like I don't deserve this. This is where creativity and healing intersect. If you decide to be bold and begin, you have the opportunity to feel humbled and empowered. I totally believe that. I'm a certified Kaizen Muse creativity coach, a certified Reiki energy healer, and an entrepreneur, artist, and presenter. I will share with you my experiences, my proven tools and techniques that helped me and my clients and loved ones shift and expand in the areas they most desired. This is a gentle and open space where you will hear how others are being bold to encourage you to begin your own journey or expand the one you're on. This is Be Bold Begin. Hi, welcome back. This is Barcy. And my first question for you is actually for you, the listener. I want to ask you, do you feel like you're living an abundant life? Are the things you're doing and experiencing align with this feeling of fulfillment and flow and abundance? And I'll answer this question myself first. Sometimes. Sometimes I do. Sometimes I feel very in the flow of this and other times I feel like I'm still working on it. And the simplest solution to getting back into the flow for me is to get clear, to get clearer on me, on myself. Where can I lean into the gratitude of what I already have, what I've already created? What clarifying questions can I ask myself that ultimately point me in the direction I want to go in? So next... What if I told you that the process of defining your brand can get you closer to your abundance or at least create a starting point that outlines a path you might feel more aligned with to take you towards the abundant life that you want to live? So of course, today I have two guests with me today. I have Tanya Eberhardt and Michael Carr from Brandface. Their mantra is people don't do business with a logo. They do business with a person. But my personal favorite quote, which I stole from their website is great branding doesn't just change the way others see you. It changes the way you see yourself. They're the hosts of a podcast called Be Bold Branding, which of course I love the name. (laughs) And they shared with me that the foundation of their business model all starts with self-worth, which we are going to dive right into. So welcome, Tanya and Michael. Thank you. Thank you, Barshi. We're so happy to be here. I'm so happy to have you. Yeah. I mean, of course we have alignment right away within the naming of our podcast. That's right. That's right. (laughs) That's kind of perfect. 
We were yep. excited to see that. Yeah, same here. It's like, oh, I have so many questions just about like choosing a name. So we'll talk a little bit about that just to have some fun as well. But before we dive into sort of that part of things, I first just want to ask, how do you dive into self-worth? How is that the foundation of your business? I think that is so cool that you define it that way. And I would love for you to just share with us what that means for you. Sure, sure. Well, brain face in essence, you know, I didn't really realize it at the time that the idea came to me and the concept, but I realized over time in building that, that it came as a product of my raising. And I was raised in a family that was just surrounded by alcoholism and addiction. And I struggled to understand why people didn't make better choices. You know, the people in my own family, of course, you know, and it was really tough to kind of see that and to see a lot of the consequences that came as a result of those choices. So I realized over time that really the only difference between a young person sitting on a stoop waiting for a next drug deal and yet someone else going off to college with a bright future came down to one thing and it was self-worth. Because if you believe in yourself, you understand that you're special, that there's only one you, and that you have something very special to offer to the world, then it puts your mindset somewhere entirely different. And really how that connects to branding is how do we want people to view us? Well, it all begins with how do we view ourselves, right? And a lot of times it's a lot easier to say, how do I want other people to see me? And then through that process, you realize that it changes the way you see yourself. Amazing. What a wonderful explanation of sharing that story from a place that really resonates from your own life experience. And and I really respect that. And I'm grateful for that. I can pigtail on the back of that, Barcy. Yeah, if okay. please. You know, in my career, I've only known Tanya for eight years and been partners with her for about five now. But prior to that, in my career as an auctioneer and as a real estate broker, I never really battled with self-confidence. I didn't have a problem being in front of people. I didn't have a problem talking in front of crowds. This is something that sort of came naturally to me. And in the space of being an auctioneer, wherever I went at whatever event or venue that I was at, an MC, a speaker, an author, no problem. But when I opened up a real estate company and I hired Tanya to help me with the marketing, and then she taught me that I didn't need marketing, I needed branding. And she showed me the principles are all of our programs work off of today. And I started to apply those. I was taken aback at how little confidence I actually had in a fairly new space because I never really saw myself as a real estate broker. I saw myself as a real estate auctioneer. Didn't have a problem with that. I didn't have a problem with you know, quick transactions. But when it comes to building relationships with the people on the street and buying and selling houses and people's most valuable possession, a lot of times, and in training up other people under that, I lacked in the self-worth of confidence that you might need. And in time, working with Tanya, it ended up being my passion. Like, and now all I live for is to help not only our Brandface clients, but also my particular company and sales staff become as great as they can ever possible to be in offering that opportunity and showing them a lot of times what she showed me. Now, you have a lot more value than you're utilizing. And that's another way that branding process really brought it out of me. And that's why I wanted to buy into the company, because it just really helped me realize my legacy, what I want to try to work for. That's such a beautiful story because it unearthed a mission in you that was already there, but it was really sort of brought to the surface in a way that you had to face it. 
to yep. face yourself face yeah, exactly by creating right. your brand. I'm starting to understand the name of brand face maybe. And it also tells us the story of how you met. So you started to work together because you mm-hmm. hired Tanya and then through that discovery of, oh my gosh, this resonates with me on such a bigger level than like the actual process and the results you got seem to be what created the partnership. Would you say that's true? I think it's pretty close. I really do. You know, we got tricked into working together. It's a funny enough <laughs> story to tell. So, okay. they, you know, I'm a real estate auctioneer and I'm traveling all over. I've sold more real estate individually than any broker on earth. Well over 78,000 transactions. I don't say that to brag. I just say that because at the time that I met Tanya, I had an office in Irvine, California. I had an office in Seattle, Washington. I had an office in my hometown of Atlanta in the suburbs. And I was flying all over about 250,000 miles a year, about 100, 125, maybe 150 nights a year in a hotel. So we were trying to clean up the bank's mess, right? As we worked ourselves out of a job and I came back and I bought a piece of property, wondering what am I going to do, right? And so I bought a piece of property, meet this super nice lady. And uh, she had the listing and she goes, look, you need to open up a brokerage. And I said, okay, never thought about it, but I got to have something to do when I get all this other mess cleaned up. Sounds good to me if you'll help me. And then two weeks later, she's like, your marketing is non-existent. It stinks. And you need my niece because she is a marketing genius. And at the time I was so busy, I didn't think. And I'm like, no, I don't need all that. So she kept hammering on me. You need to call Tanya. You need to call Tanya. Unbeknownst to me, she was telling Tanya, Mike's expecting your call. Mike's expecting your call. Mike's ex-. So finally, I get this phone call from Tanya, and she says, hey, I don't know if I'm supposed to call you or you're supposed to call me, but Carolyn <laughs> says that we're supposed to be talking. This is what I do. And I will admit I was a little rough on her. I said, look, I've had five others just like you, and <laughs> yes, I don't did. need another one. You know, because... <laughs> I had gone through the disappointment of these marketers that knew what they were talking about and they were going to save my company and blow this thing up and everything. So I was really hard on her about it. So we still laugh at Aunt Carolyn, matchmaking, marketing and business together. Right. (laughs) And then out of that grew the, of course, what I learned about branding from her. And it's totally changed my life. So now I just tell people the secret to my success is just doing what Tanya says. (laughs) Well, I want to dive super into that because it sounds, first of all, a process that I resonate with, which is inside out. But I want to understand how you work. But first, I want to ask as a starting point, Michael, what was it that felt really different for you this time that you were like, oh, this is what needs to be happening. This is what didn't happen before with these other marketers, marketers. I know that that's actually not your focus, Tanya, but... (laughs) Maybe that is the key to the answer, but you tell me. It's a great key because I didn't know the difference at the time. And I was not afraid to spend money on advertising. I was not afraid to promote being an auctioneer. It's what you do and you promote what you're selling and, you know, drawing crowds and interest into something. So that came naturally for me, but I didn't realize I was doing it all wrong. You know, at the point that I met Tanya, I was still one of those people that would say marketing doesn't work. Like, I just thought you just had to spend a whole bunch of money to make it work. And it was no trackable evidence to how it works. And she taught me totally different. And during that time period when I was really hard on her, I was really just putting her through the fire. And she was answering the questions in ways that I didn't even think about. And she began, even in those conversations, to change me from a marketer, somebody that knows how to market or does market, into somebody who knows how to build a message. 
and then resonate that message to your clients. And that is really, until you do that, you'll never find any ROI at all, any trackable ROI on any kind of money that you would spend on advertising. So I could tell through those conversations over the course of about three weeks, I'd say about three weeks, wasn't it? We were back and forth, back and forth. I was answering questions. And then I was in San Bernardino, California. I was grilling her again. It's probably the 10th time. And she finally says, listen, I've answered every question that I can answer for you. From here on out, you just have to trust me. And I said, well, I was going to do that two weeks ago. I just wanted to see how much of a beating you could take. So let's get started. Oh, man. We both have a good sense of humor. So I took it on the chin and I said, okay, you know, you're going to, I'm going to make you you work hard now. (laughs) And she did. (laughs) You actually started to answer my next question I was forming as you were talking, which is how hard was it to start to trust the process? Because that is always the scary part. It's like, when do you know that it's the thing you want to lean into? And then really we get in our own ways, right? Like we're having to face our own fears and we're like, uh, oh, I have to do all this work on myself to get to this thing that I thought has nothing to do with me. Like, what was that like for you to go through that experience? Because of the way we started. But when I agreed to go with her, I abandoned all fear to it. I questioned things during the process, Mm -hmm. right? Just like a lot of our clients did. Like, like, why are you asking me all of these questions? Like, what does this have to do with? And I would ask her that. She was just like, relax. Well, I'll get to it. You'll see. It'll develop. And it developed quite quickly, too. I began to see that. And I began to see how she paired everything up, how she began to mold the person that was going to be the face of the business to bring out what it is that I didn't even realize. Like I said earlier, going back to realizing that's what I want to do now for the rest of my life. She was unearthing that through learning who I was. And it is that process. And it's so vital. We even argue B2B, like business to business, it's important because people, no matter how big even the corporation is, people are still trusting a human being to act upon what they've promised they can deliver. And that's very important, no matter how big the business is. And it's really important for those of us that are on the street that, you know, build a lot of our business on how we're recognized in a community. And people can detect whether it's a true part of your essence. It's Mm -hmm. who you and what you are versus something that is a little fabricated and looks shiny. But when you get in there, the deliverables start to suffer. The outcome, you can feel it usually, but then something Mm -hmm. kind of starts to fall apart. That's a good process. A good point to make is it truly does seem to be that she brought your essence forward and like identified that through this Mm -hmm. process. I want to go back to something that you said, Tanya, in your story, because it's kind of a big deal that you made this recognition that the mindset is the difference between someone who goes in this direction or someone who goes in that direction. Can you talk to us a little more about how you came to figure that out and and what changed for you and how you leaned into this career? And maybe that's a long story between the point A to point B there, but I'd be curious to know. Sure, sure. I'll make it as short as I can. So my career started actually selling vacuum cleaners door to door. And I did that to pay my way through college. I did that for three years. And I learned instantly that I could not just walk up to a door and expect somebody to open it and say, come on in, have some coffee. I'm going to get out my checkbook, right? (laughs) So you had to present yourself a certain way in a very authentic way, in a way that people would want to help you. You know, let me just demonstrate this vacuum cleaner, right? So I did that for a few years. And And then I was discovered by somebody in the radio industry. And that person said, okay, you would be great in sales for radio. So I want you to come apply for a job. 
Fast forward 18 years after that, I was in the media industry still, in the sales side of things. Well, when I first got to radio all those years ago, one of the first things I noticed was how some business owners in the market were like rock stars. You would walk into a networking event and people would be clamoring to have a discussion with them. And I thought, who are those people? And I realized the one thing they had in common was they were a very recognizable business figure because they were the face and the voice of their business. So they would do their own radio commercials. They were in their own newspaper or television ads. At the time, there was no internet. That's how far back we're talking. (laughs) So I began to understand that psyche of how that worked. You presented yourself and almost made yourself like a local celebrity. So I would work with people, bringing them into the studio, helping them craft their own message of why they did business the way they did which people were, you know, their ideal customers and what you would have to offer them. And that's really where the five main questions come from that determine a great brand or five questions every great brand must answer. And it's what sets you apart? Who do you serve? How do you serve them? What qualifies you to serve them? And how does it make their life better? So in doing that, I noticed in taking it back to the mindset issue, I noticed that when people went through that process, the confidence level in them was so astronomical. And it was just like Michael. He would never be called not confident by anyone who knows him because he knows his stuff and he's just a true professional. You wouldn't think that there was any kind of lack of confidence at all. But in most people, there is. They just don't realize it until they get to a point where they really have to look inwardly and... And they have in their own mind shortcomings. But when you go through this process and you put everything together and you put it out there as to what is my story? Why do I do what I do? How am I helping other people? Then just the sheer nature of your gratefulness and the ability to help other people puts you in a different space. And so the mindset issue comes from both ends of things. It's feeling good about how you're helping other people, and then finally realizing, hey, I am pretty special. And that's where it all comes in for me. So how do you help people crack open this experience? Like, what are the first things you start with? If you don't mind sharing just a little bit of your process of how you get to the answers of these five questions. Absolutely. So the very first thing that we do is define. And we do have a 3D process. It's very simple. It's define, develop, and display. And even though we do look at 77 different criteria when we personally brand someone. So a lot of people out there think, okay, I've got a logo. I've got a great photo. I've got a good tagline. I've got a brand, right? But they're missing a lot usually. So in the define, develop, and display process, the definition's where we begin. We take a look at really two things. Who are those ideal customers that you wish you could work with every single day? And if only that person existed, that'd just be awesome. And then the other thing is, what are some things that differentiate you from others in your industry? What things are special about you? Set you apart? What do you do differently? And we take a look at those and it's somewhat formulaic that we say, okay, now we're going to say, okay, I stand for this. This is what my brand is all about, but it has to meet that criteria. It has to be important and unique, important to your ideal customers and unique in your market or industry. And so when you combine all of those things, then you begin the direction of a brand. Love that. Love 
the importance and the uniqueness because the confidence building is baked into those things, those concepts. Think about it. When we think of ourselves as important and unique, that's instant confidence building, right? And then when we're projecting that out, now we get to bring that to the world and other people get to interact with this important Mm -hmm. thing that we are caring about and feeling confident about and our uniqueness. And I see how that can really foundationally build this process for just going up, basically. It's very important. Like one of the first lessons that Tanya taught me when I started working with her was, you know, better is subjective, but different is inarguable. And I never thought about it that way. I had never packaged it that way. Right. We say, I'm the best, whatever, gardener, or I'm the best podcaster. I'm the best in whose eyes? Subjective. Yeah. Very subjective, you know. But if I tell people I'm the abundant life broker, nobody else is the abundant life broker. Right. So there's a differentiation right there right off the bat that puts me in a position where not only do people see me that way, but now I have to live up to that. If I'm going to put that out there, that's where that ties in. So I really was the first lesson I learned from her. And once you recognize that everybody's different, everybody has a unique position. Right. We're all made individually and we bring that value. We do what we're supposed to. We bring that value to the tapestry. Then we're all different and we bring a very important portion to that. And I think when people begin to realize that, then that takes that confidence to that next level. Right. And they're like, you know, I am different. I, do I am life. the abundant life broker. You know? yeah. And I do want yeah. to say something about that, Barzi. You said, I like that, right? In the abundant life broker is what we call, what we coined a brand identifier. Okay. Other people might refer to it as a tagline or slogan. We call it a brand identifier because we feel that's what it does. It identifies your brand or what you stand for, what your promise is, right? So that also sets the tone and direction for your brand. So when somebody looks at that, if you think of it this way, this is probably the best example that we can think of to express why a brand identifier is so important. Think of your brand like you would a book. Um, And your brand truly is your story, but you cannot fit the entire contents of your story on the cover of the book. So it wouldn't fit. No one would read it. So, however, you have to put something very compelling, eye catching, attention grabbing, unique, something that makes you stop for a moment and say, oh, the cover of that book looks very interesting. I might want to pick that up. And let's assume You're walking down through Barnes & Noble and you see six or eight different covers, but one of them really speaks to you. You pick it up, you open the first few pages of the book. And that's what a brand identifier is designed to do, which is that 75 mile an hour view of, boom, this looks interesting. This looks like I might want to explore a little bit deeper. And so that's really what's important. You've got to have something to catch their attention. And I think it jumps right into this alignment place with the people you're trying to find, right? Mm -hmm. Like it takes me right to this niche conversation that a lot of people are afraid to niche down because they think you're going to miss out on all the Mm -hmm. people, but that's kind of the opposite of what we want to do when we get to the marketing stage and even in the branding stage, it seems. So I'm talking to a lot of newbie podcasters at the moment, and they might be tuning in as well as maybe new creative entrepreneur types. So I talk about niching down a lot, but I think it's so powerful when we get it right. This is why I had a reaction when you said the abundant life broker. It's like, Oh yeah. Like I'm here for that. I want to work with that person because I already know that that aligns with so many things about myself. And if I need a broker, I want to work with you. (laughs) I might need that in my life. It just helps me 
completely understand what the energy might be when I do business with you. And the same thing goes for creating a podcast title. Like it's like the book cover you're describing, Tanya. So how can we help people understand the importance of niching in relation to the abundance conversation so that it actually brings you more, not less? Oh my goodness. Because if you think about this, if you try to help everyone, you'll just help yourself right out of business. (laughs) That's a good one. You you can't possibly serve everyone. But think about this. If you're the Abundant Life Broker, if you present yourselves a certain way, like I'm branding agent to business stars. That's my brand identifier. Branding agent to business stars. Don't you want to be a business star? Don't you want a branding agent? Right. And so it just kind of like pulls you in a little bit. But it also lets people know where they fit. It gives people a home. Because like Michael comes from the real estate industry and we do business with a lot of different, you know, podcasters, speakers, authors, coaches, people in the real estate industry. If Michael said, I'm going to help anybody who wants to buy or sell a home, do you feel pulled to that? Do you feel attracted to that? You just feel like one of a million, not one in a million, right? I feel confused. I immediately go, I don't know what to do next. Exactly. But when you put a brand out there that says, here's exactly who I work with. Here's what I do for you. Here's how I'm going to help make your life better today. Then I feel there's a home for me there. And there's nothing that replaces that, you know. And Michael has a great quote about confusion. Ooh, what is it? You can't calculate the cost of it. Like how many people we deal with every day to just like, well, I don't know what I do. Like I get up in the morning. I don't know what to do. Right. I don't know what <laughs> we're like. OK, look. We can help you focus, right? Because okay. that's the key, focus. Less is more in so many ways. And it really blows my mind in the real estate genre. When we talk to people about niching down and they're like, oh, I, I just don't know if there's enough. And I'm like, I assure you. <laughs> there's more than you can handle. Pick it. Like you right. can just say, I'm only going to work with 55-year-olds and you'd have more business than you could ever handle. And if you knew everything about being 55 or what that stage of life is like, think of the value you bring, right? Now start calculating how many 55-year-olds you know. Are you telling me that there's not enough business, you know, not even be able to get to it all? But it's hard to do that. And I did it too. Like, I look, I want to take over the world. I'd love to be the greatest, the biggest broker in the world. I'd love it, right? You know, move over, Gary Keller. I like I love it. <laughs> But I can't determine that right now, right? All I can determine is I live in this town and I can be the most dominant in this town. Okay, now I'm the most dominant in this town. I live in this county. I can be the most dominant in this county. Okay. Now I live in this region, you know, but for some reason, our minds are so creative and we run into this all the time with our clients. They just, oh, I'm going to build this national team. Yes, we support that. We're going to help you do that. But let's pull this thing down just a minute and let's own this street. What kind of right? team are you, <laughs> you know? building, right? Yeah. What kind of team? It has to be, it the, does. You, you have to be specific in your goal and then you can obtain it. And a brand helps mm-hmm. you to do that. And then you just add to those goals. And yeah, let's shoot for being the largest team in the history of mankind. That'd be awesome. But let's start right here with, you know, this first step. People have a hard time doing that. I had a hard time doing it. If you think about podcasters for a moment, there are 2 million podcasts now across the country. And how is your podcast going to stand out from all those others? Well, a podcast speaks to people. It compels people to want to listen. If your content meets their needs, if it really fits, if there's an attraction there. But think about all the different podcasts out there. Do you really want 
a whole bunch of listeners that are just like barely listening. You want the ones who are engaged, who are dialed in, who are really like supportive and are going to follow you. And that's the big difference. And interact. And so it, right? We, right. All, we already know that you want to grow, you know, on your social media and all the other channels that you need to be on and be active on. If you want to grow your podcast or your speaking career or your coaching career, you have to be everywhere. Right. And you need that interaction with people. And they're only going to interact if they truly like your message. So niching in, you know, it's like one of our friends and you'll remember who it was. I can't remember. I'm so sorry. But he said, you know, if I could have a captured audience of 10 or 20 people that are listening to me, like literally dialed into me, I'd take that over 2000 people to just show up as a subscriber. Because I can now I've got 20 people I can talk to. And then that 20 grows to 200 and that 200 grows, you know. Yeah, there's much more value in what you're describing. Mm -hmm. And you said something, Michael, a moment ago, and I heard it differently for the first time, which is awesome. But it's almost like you're becoming the expert. You now have the expertise in this carved out area. You can't be the expert at everything, right? Like on all of life or all of things of anything that can ever be talked on on a podcast, Right. right? Like you can't do that. That's so overwhelming to even think about. But when you were talking about, you know, what if you specialize in 55 year olds and you knew everything about what they need, that's valuable. Mm-hmm. Now you're the expert in that experience mm-hmm. and you can talk about it from a focused and clear way, like you described. So that I heard that for the first time a little differently that helped me land that even more. It's like, yeah, that's starting to make even more sense to me. And I'm already on board. So <laughs> hopefully that helps someone too. But It also seems like it does bring this idea of growth. Like you can now know the direction you want to grow in and have room for growth. Like you don't have to do it all, all the macro. Now you start at the micro level so that you can have space to grow and grow and grow in a way that is still focused and from an expertise and a uniqueness and an important place. And all of this alignment can continue to blow up and go out Mm -hmm. if you want it to. So I think that's important to understand too. I'm someone that likes to do a lot of things and I forget that I have time <laughs> I have to do them all today. Right. <laughs> so, it is true. It's like we are creative as part of our human nature and we have all these thoughts and all these ambitions sometimes. Mm-hmm. And it's well, focusing it's like, that. I would love to fly, but there is such a thing called gravity. I can't. <laughs> right? <laughs> and it's yeah. just like, I'd love to do all of these things, but there is such a thing called time and there isn't finite supply. Right. So how do you create goals for someone just starting out? So I think focus goes well with goal creation. It helps you kind of understand and mark your progress. It helps with confidence too. It's kind of on par with a lot of the things we've talked about so far. So what's your approach to creating goals for your clients and people you work with? Well, the first thing that I would say is the goal should be You need to know who you are and what your message is before you do anything else. And think of it like this, Barcy. You want to market yourself. Like Michael says, you have to be so many places and you've got to put your message out there. But how are you going to know what to put in your marketing or even where to market yourself? Unless, first of all, you know who it is you're trying to market to, who you're trying to attract, and what is it about you that will attract that person. Then you formulate that message and image, which is your brand, based on those things. So I would say start at the beginning. Goal number one. I know that sounds very 
elementary. It's true, though. But start at the beginning. Start with the defined phase. And we hear this a lot, too. Oh, if I could have done that by myself, I would have done it a long time ago. Well, that's why we're here. (laughs) And the reason for that is it is hard to see the label when you're inside the jar, right? So having somebody step back and look at you and really see you, see the authenticity of you and the story. I can tell you that when we do what we call brand messaging reveals, where we're telling somebody's story, we write their biography, and that weaves the story of who they are both professionally and personally, we have had many, many, many people cry on that oh, on yeah. that meeting. Just because for the first time in their lives, somebody has put it into five or six paragraphs, their life story in a way that they're proud of. It's like, So many times they say, I just didn't realize that I had actually accomplished all of that. I did not see all of that stitched together like that. And that to us, to both of us, is the most fulfilling part of it all is when they begin to see their worth. And I think those goals then become easier to make, too, because it goes back to having something obtainable. And before you dial that in, before you dial in the five most important questions that your brand needs to answer so you are focused and you have your point of differentiation, and more importantly, you're reaching out to people and explaining why that's important to them, which is the most important thing ever, you've got to know where you're at. Because before that, you're sort of just shooting, you're hitting bullseyes on the wrong targets, possibly. You know, you don't have that focus. And so a lot of times that's why goals are not obtainable. You set a goal, but you can't get there. And that's so much more than just time constraints or, hey, you got to talk to X amount of people a day. You know, you could run yourself ragged just running the numbers, right? You hear it's just a numbers game. Just keep going to the no's till you get to the yeses. And yeah, that is true. That's a universal truth. We all have to do that in whatever sales that we're doing. But if you know who it is you're talking to, you have a lot less of those no's before you hit those yeses. And then those goals become trackable. Mm-hmm. When you're out here just spraying and praying, right? You, you, <laughs> you like, you know, no, 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 no. You don't make your goals. You don't hit those quarterlies that you set up, you know, you and then you're defeated. frustrated. Then you mm-hmm. feel defeated. And then that mm-hmm. cycle starts over. Then you're re-energized. You know, I'm speaking from experience, not something I've just judged in human beings. I've been on that same treadmill like everybody else. I don't live on that treadmill anymore. I'm not affected anymore by ups and downs of the markets or fears or worries. I got a text the other day from one of my salespeople. They're like, oh, I'm so panicked because, you know, I just I can't get nothing going. I'm like, calm down, calm down. My phone quit ringing in December, too. February is going to be a little bit shorter than January, but March is looking fantastic. Relax, you know, and you you can get back. Oh, okay. Yeah, you're right. Oh, yeah, I noticed that, too, when I look back at my call log. Okay, yeah. And then now they take out that fear of that roller coaster. Mm, So true. And I do. I have a message, Barcy, for especially your podcasters, your authors, speakers, coaches. We tend, as a group, because we are that same, right? We tend to be very creative people. We tend to be involved in a lot of things, right? And so that's where the mass confusion begins with a brand, okay? And, you know, we speak from experience. I went through this many years ago myself. But you're looking at it, all of a sudden you work a day job, you have a podcast, you're working on a book, you're maybe coaching a couple of people on the side. So there's all of these things going on, you know? For some people, all of them, others just one or two. And then they begin to think, gosh, do I need a different brand for every one of these? I mean, this is driving me crazy, right? And what do I call my podcast? And how do I use my podcast as a real tool to attract exactly the kind of, not just people who want to hear my content, but people who will actually pay me 
right? Because a lot of <laughs> Very times important. it is because you're utilizing your knowledge and expertise inside that podcast to get people to realize you're somebody who is worthy of working with. So all of those things swirl around in your head. And that's why a lot of people in that creative space have such difficulty with a brand. They're all over the place with it. But I say to them one thing, let's say you're working three different professions, if you will. Let's say you're a coach of some kind, you have a podcast and you work another job and you're looking at all three of those. And yeah, there's some connection between the three of those, you know, but you really can't quite see how it all comes together. You're really just seeing three different people, three different brands. I do three different things. I'm Sybil, right? (laughs) From the old movie or Faces of Eve or whatever it is. I'm all those things. I say, no, you're one person who's lived a life and has a story to tell of why you're involved in these three things. So your personal brand is one brand explaining why you're involved in these three things, not three different brands. Agreed. And so that's where I think it clarifies things for a lot of people. It brings a lot of clarity to, oh, okay, well, maybe I'm thinking about this too hard, right? I've had that question a lot. Mm -hmm. Oh, definitely. It all makes up who and the why. And that's what so many people leave out and why they think I've got a, a photo and a tagline and logo and now I've got a brand. Yeah. No, you don't really have a brand. Yeah. And maybe you're, it you're works not. for these two things you're doing, but it doesn't for that third. But, yeah. And there is a way to pull all of that together as long as they're related and part of your story. Mm-hmm. Okay. Is the solution to pulling them all together the same thing that you just mentioned of pulling your story together, like understanding the connection that you have with all three. And positioning yourself as someone whose story explains why you're doing all three. And you've got to pull it all together, assuming that they are stitched together and that there's a common thread, right? Assuming there's a common thread. And most of the time there is. Yes. I'm thinking about this because I'm in this place at the moment. (laughs) A lot of people are, Barcy, a whole lot. Yep. Yeah, I bet. That's actually comforting to know in a strange way because it's normalizing, right? It's like, okay, it's not just my head spinning. No. And I think I'm starting to figure it out. But it is so confusing because we're like, okay, do all of these things. And I like doing all of these things. And they're related by maybe one thread, not three. So how do we feel less overwhelmed? Right, right. right. That literally is what I feel like we were born to do. Is look at those complex cases like that and say, oh, I got this. You're this. This describes you. This is your story. And Mm -hmm. see people's eyes open and their shoulders just relax a little bit. They sit back in their chair. They take a deep breath. It's like, wow, I figured it out for the first time. It's really cool to see that. That feels relieving Mm -hmm. just hearing you talk about it that way. (laughs) It's like, oh. (laughs) Well, we need each other for that. Like we, as humans, we need that reflective perspective that can shine ourselves back at ourselves sometimes. Mm -hmm. And that is what you do. And it's a lovely exchange. I relate to that as a podcaster, as a lot of other things I do as well, where I love showing people who they are and that they're worthy and that they're important and that they belong and that they have something to say. You know, that's what podcasting creation is too. Mm-hmm. It's showing people that they have something to say. Sure is. Yeah. So I relate to this passion you have for what you do. I do want to talk about your podcast a little bit and your choice for the name, because I love the name. Speaking on, I think this kind of connects to what we just said. And you have a different name for your company, but you have people branding for your podcast. Can you talk us through why they're different? Some people like to name them the same thing. Like, help sure. me understand all of that. I'll mm-hmm. start 
and the name of the podcast actually came as a result of an idea that Michael had. So brand face came to me a long time ago because again, when I started, I realized I was the face of my own brand, even at somebody's door trying to sell a vacuum cleaner. I certainly realized that when I got into the media world, that if you're the face of your business, then it's up to you to present the business as a reflection of you as a, this is why this business exists. I stand behind it. Right. So the face of your brand turned into brand face. And so that's where that came from. And then we started doing a podcast and I'll let Michael take it from there. Yeah. So early on, we wanted to start up a podcast really just to talk to people that we were talking to anyway about branding, right? And so they would contact us, want to talk about brand. We thought it was a really good way to do some circle prospecting and come back around, teach people you know, more about what branding, because well, when she started a company and then I bought into it, you didn't hear as much about branding. You know, nowadays you're hearing more and more and more and more, especially personal branding and stuff. And so we were ahead of that curve. She was ahead of that curve and I bought into it. And so I said, well, let's just call it Fearless Friday because we'll just teach people take the fear out of it. We'll take the fear out of everything they're doing, right? You know, putting themselves out there. And then, so we, we played around with that for a little while. And we, like every other podcaster, you know, like I shot some of them in my car. We didn't have sound equipment. Like I was putting up <laughs> It was pretty towel. awful in the it, beginning. It was terrible. I was putting up <laughs> towels to block the sun and in my car. I've done like, that too. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, all right. So, you know, we're getting Can better. You know what I mean? So it's sort of how it happened. And then we had a brand display specialist that was with us at the time time. It's a beautiful young lady and, and really intelligent and moved on really just because her family grew and she became full-time mom and needed to take care of that. We love her to death, but she was like, you know, we need to tie this in. And Michael keeps saying stuff about being bold. Like I would end out our, even our fearless Friday. I'm like, be bold. Prosperity favors the bold. So be bold, you know, and I just trying to Whoa. jazz them up like that. She goes, it needs to be be bold branding. And then we got the three B's and uh, we loved it. So we changed it from fearless Friday to be bold branding. Also, because we could shoot it on any other day we wanted to, not just Friday. That's some liberty there. Exactly. You know, so the brand's fitting in the way it's supposed to. And but the idea of it literally is still to this day just teaching people to be fearless in the dreams that they want to accomplish and quit letting things hold you back from all of that. And then especially your own mind. Because we all have been guilty of that. Everybody. Oh, yeah. oh my you gosh. Know? Yes. Yeah. We have the exact same mission for our podcast. So it makes sense that our name is almost identical. It does. It does. <laughs> Mine's about getting out of your own way to start, right? To get it going. Mm -hmm. And you're basically saying the same thing. Like, just be bold. Do the thing. Yeah. Yeah, Be you. Be boldly you. You know, because there's only one you. And there's something so special about every one of us that it's an honor to help people figure out what that is if they don't already know. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And you know what? I I had a Fear Friday thing going, too. Really? <laughs> For a minute there. I, I love did. It. It's so funny. And a lot of my early episodes are very, I always start with the fear because that's where most of us are starting. Yeah, so, I agree. So true. I yeah. resonate with everything you just said. It's so funny. It's like so identical. <laughs> we just it. do, you know, we're doing different things. Our approach is like so similar. I love that. Well, if you could take that, Marcy, just to add real quickly, like for your listeners, yeah. that very connection is what personal branding will do for your listeners, your crowd, uh, just like it would attract us together. It does the same thing in business, right? And you're in a position where you're doing business with people that want to be doing business with you and you're not convincing other people and they're not believing in your worth. 
because it's very important. So glad you said that. I'm so glad you said it that way because it's so true. And it's what I'm now taking for granted because it's happening so often. And it's helping me remember that it's something I can continue to be grateful for finding people like yourselves without needing to go find you. It feels like magic after it's working. Once it starts working, it starts to feel kind of magical where you almost just expect everything to be really aligned and easy. (laughs) Yes, you do. As well. Because those are the vibes you're putting out into the world. So important. It's so important. It's not that bad things don't still happen, but you definitely don't look at them like you used to look at them. You don't expect them every day. You don't expect them every day. And you don't get up going, you know, oh my God, what am I going to face today? No, you get up with a rah, rah, re, and every now and then something hits you and you're just like, I want it tomorrow. I won't even remember that. That's not. (laughs) And that's circumstantial, right? Like that is just, that goes back to, we can't control that stuff, Mm. but we can control, like Tanya brought up earlier, our mindset. And that's the big shift that I want every want to have a moment with themselves like that, where you go, Oh, (laughs) I could do this simpler, easier, more aligned, more authentic, more me. All of that is like my big goal for people. Cause it it is that magic moment you talk about when you read someone's bio to them that you've created and they see themselves in a way that they haven't had an opportunity to before. And that Mm -hmm. is such a beautiful, beautiful thing that you're doing. So I'm so glad that you work in this way with people because it's needed. Even if no one's trying doing anything with their brand, like what a beautiful experience. (laughs) You know, I'm, I never even thought of it that way, to be honest with you, that even if they don't work on their brand, what a great experience that is to have somebody else recognize your worth is a wonderful thing. We are blessed to be able to do that every day. Ah, because, you know, I'm sure there's a small, small percentage of people that maybe move in a different direction after, or maybe they make some kind of realization and have a different aha moment than they came to you with originally. And what they walked away with, though, is so invaluable, regardless of what happens afterwards, really. It's it's those aha moments are precious. I'm glad you mentioned that. I have actually had several people email us over the years or call us and say, you know, I'm leaving this industry for whatever reason. You know, maybe they were helping an aging parent or their kids were growing up. They wanted to do something different. And they said, but I just want you to know that this process, going through this process has helped me in so many ways that I may be leaving the industry. I may be leaving brand face, so to speak, but it's never leaving me. We've had Mm -hmm. several of those emails over the years and phone calls, and those are all just precious because that lets us know that the impact that we've had on them extends beyond just their profession. And I can't imagine how it wouldn't. It starts so personally. It's so much about the person you're working Mm -hmm. with outside of the outcomes. I feel like the rest are outcomes that we would like to have. But the beauty of what we actually get is so much deeper than that. Mm Mm-hmm. And long-lasting as a result, right? Exactly. So on that note, if there was one thing you'd like the listener to understand or take away from today's conversation, what would that be? It would be that we don't make stars, we unveil them. And so I would tell everybody, recognize that no matter who you are, where you've come from, or any experiences you've had in your life, there is a star inside of you, and it's our job to help unveil it. But there's definitely one there. We don't create it. It's already there. I would say be bold, for heaven's sake. Be bold with Barcy. <laughs> be, <right>. bold. <laughs> be bolder than you think you can be, because you can do it, I assure you. I love that. <laughs> <laughs> 
Thank you both for that. How can we connect with you? All right. You can find out more about us at brandfacestar, S-T-A-R.com, brandfacestar.com. And if you just want to schedule a, a chat with us and talk about your brand and what it's going to take to help you unveil your inner star, go to discussyourbrand.com. That's where you can schedule just a free chat with us. Thank you both so much. This was just a fun conversation for me because it's aligned, of course, with what I like, what I care about, what I want to bring to listeners' ears. So thank you for sharing so beautifully, wonderfully, and doing what you do in this world. And back at you, Barcy. Thank Thank you you so very much. Thank you for listening to Beeple Begin. We hope that these episodes are helping inspire and empower you to take your next steps towards whatever you're thinking of creating. And if starting a podcast is what you're thinking of creating then I would love to have you in my brand new private Facebook group, Unleash Your Podcast Niche, a podcast learning community for the aspiring podcaster who cares about creating an authentic message and making an impact with podcasting. Join us for live opportunities with me and meet other creatives like you who are at the same stage. There's a link in the show notes to join us. Happy creating.